The Guardian. Happy birthday indeed, for it's one year since Britain was catapulted into the new era of coalition government. And what a year it's been, from jokes in the rose garden at number 10 to rows over tuition fees, trident and the alternative vote. And of course the contrasting fortunes of Tories and the Lib Dems at last week's local elections. But what has the coalition meant for ordinary people in Britain? In this week's Guardian Focus podcast, we visit two areas central to the coalition project, Whitney in Oxfordshire, power base of David Cameron, and Sheffield Hallam in the north, fiefdom of Liberal Democrat leader Nick Clegg. Both far from the Westminster village. Are they celebrating the anniversary? I think it's disastrous. I think it's crucified the economy. It's destroyed a lot of services. I think it's a disaster. Although they've had to make cuts, I think they've gone excessively. Some of the things where they should still concentrate on expanding, they've not. It's just all shrink, isn't it? It's all contract and it's too negative, the whole thing. Did you vote last time round? Um, yes, I did, actually. I won't necessarily ask you, what, <laughs> unless you want to tell me what you voted. Conservative. Right. So are you happy with the coalition? Yeah, I am. Tell me why. Because <laughs> Labour got us into this mess and they're just trying to get us out. And um, David Cameron is quite locally to us as well. Yeah. So he has been in town and stuff. Some people say it would have been much better had the Conservatives just had a majority on their own if they didn't have to deal with the Liberals at all. Are you one of those? No, there's, sometimes a second opinion helps, so it gives more to the table. seems as though the, every time there's a bad decision to be made, they give it to the Liberal Democrats, and, and Nick Clegg stands up and says we're going to do a tuition fees, which he promised not to do. And you feel the Conservatives have pushed the Liberals to make the bad decisions to the public. Um, so I think the, the Liberals have come out poorly, you know, being treated badly by the Conservatives. How do you think the country's come out by having a, cons- uh, a coalition I, I government? it saves the, the right wing of the Conservatives doing a Maggie Thatcher. I think they've had to turn their um, manifesto down quite considerably, which is a good thing for the country, I think. Can I just ask you, what do you do think a year in? Do you think it's going well, well or I'm badly? I'm a socialist, so right. not a Blairite. Actually, I'm quite enjoying it, really. I think they're making so many mistakes. They've got to, at some stage, think, my God, what is this man doing? I'm just waiting for the whole thing to fall apart. This is an interesting point of view to be expressing in the middle of Chipping Northern Market. I imagine you don't make, there aren't many other people around who would share it. Probably not, no. So we're deep inside Cameron country now and I'm with John Gittings who speaks for the local Labour Party. I'm at the Dean Recycling Centre. John, why are we here? We're here because there was a campaign led by Lord Chadlington, who was a great friend of David Cameron's, to close it down. And he and other local people in the village have persuaded them. It's a very useful recycling depot which has been going for about 20 years. And now because of the cuts, the council have said they're going to close not only this one but several other ones in the county. And I should add that the local town of Chipping Norton wants to keep it open, and a lot of other people want to keep it open. All the villagers have used it from around here, but it's going to close. Are Labour types here surprised that the coalition's held together this long? Uh, no, I don't think we are. We always realised it, it had some, something going for it, but that this will be the testing time. We see it's quite a long struggle to get Labour uh, up and running again, but we are doing this in this constituency. A lot of people have been galvanised into action simply because it is David Cameron's constituency. Labour Party here is small but in good shape. 
I'm Rosalind Scott and I'm the secretary of the Friends of Charlborough Library. We've been campaigning um, to keep our library open for 10 years or more and to have an improved library facility, which unfortunately we don't look like getting at the moment. Of course, times are tough and we've had today one year of the coalition government. Uh, how do you think they're doing? Well, I think that if we are going to have to live more frugally, we're going to have to depend much more on these sort of services like libraries because they are very um, cost-effective, if you see what I mean. They don't use a lot of energy, do they? they? People use them locally. They don't have to travel far to go to them. Of course, the big idea, or one of the big ideas, has been the big society. I mean, surely this is the very area for the big society, isn't it? Well, I think people in this area already do an awful lot. But I also know how difficult it is to get volunteers to run things on a regular basis. It's particularly difficult to get volunteers to run things which actually need expertise, like librarians can provide. And to ask people to run things and also do the fundraising to make them possible is a, is a very big challenge. And I, I, I just don't think that people are going to be able to, to meet all those challenges at the same time. It is an experiment. Has it done anything for the, the, to popularise the idea of a coalition? No, I, th- I think it's done local politics anyway a lot of harm, unfortunately. We've just lost a Lib Dem district councillor in this ward and, and got a Conservative. In this area, the Lib Dems were seen as the only effective opposition. But now they're in a coalition. They're not seen as the opposition anymore. We now have an even smaller opposition on the local district council. Hello, I'm Richard Language. I'm the Conservative Cabinet Member for Local Economy and Communities at the District Council. Still smiling from, from uh, <laughs> Absolutely. The, the, last week's election, um, where you retained your seat. That's right, I retained my seat after four years in Whitney North. That's right, so I was thrilled, absolutely thrilled with that result. And what about today? You're thrilled today. It's the, an- the first anniversary of the uh, coalition. Is that a good thing? I think it is. I think they've done a remarkable job in the first year. They came together in the national interest to sort the mess out that we've been left with. And I think they've done a spectacular result. I think it's been superb, yeah. What's pleased you the most? Is it just a matter of its survival and that many people (laughs) felt it wouldn't hold together? Yes, I think so. I mean, I think the policy generally, I'm in favour of most of the policies. Obviously, there's been bumps along the way and there's going to be. But I think the broad thrust of the policies, the way the coalition is sorting the difficulties they inherited out, I think are generally very, very good. Certainly locally, we get on very well with the Liberal Democrats. So it was no surprise to me that the coalition could work. So I expect it to last the full full five years. Is there some level of cooperation with the Liberal Democrats here? Yes, very much so. We had a very good result on uh, last Thursday where they lost a few seats locally. But generally speaking, we work together very well. Yes, we, we do. Well, they did lose quite a lot of seats, <laughs> didn't they? I mean, they are suffering quite a lot of pain. And people are pointing out that the Conservatives in the coalition don't seem to be suffering as much pain as the Liberal Democrats. I think that's right. There was some expectation that we would do badly in those, in those elections, and that didn't actually happen. Um, certainly locally knocking on doors. Everybody was very much as positive as they've always been about the Conservatives. I think we do a very good job locally. And really, I don't think it's had any effect on us. In fact, in many things, a positive effect, I think. So yes, the Liberals didn't do as well as us, but uh, we're very pleased. What would you have got without the coalition? What would you have got if you just had a Conservative government that you haven't had? I think it would have been very difficult to get measures through through government and through parliament. I think it would have been a bit messy. And, of course, the end result, if we couldn't have got the thing sorted out, would have been we could have been bailed out by the EMF. We could have been in disastrous economic situations. So I think it was vital that we did that. I certainly wouldn't want an administration that just limped along. I think it was vital that everybody came together, and that's what politics is about. So one of the Tory winners of last week's elections is seeming pretty happy with life. But I don't think the man he beat feels the same. My name is Alfred Fuller. 
and I work for one of the local advice agencies um, in Whitney. What's your sense of how the, a year of the coalition government has affected life here? Make no mistake about it. The most people who are affected by the government cuts in public spending are the most vulnerable. People are entitled to fair deal and supportive government, not a government that ignores them. Even in my advice agencies, I get an increased number of clients, people who are in debt, people that have been made redundant, people that have been dismissed because of lack of funding and cuts in the public sector. These people used to have the ability, the willingness to pay towards their debts, but now they want to go bankrupt. This is perceived to be an affluent town, but it is not, in my view, because I work with the people. You can't believe that we are giving food hampers to people in Whitney nowadays. It just demonstrates the fact that people are really poor and can't meet with the demands itself. Of course, you're a Labour member. You, you fought a seat in the last council elections for the Labour Party. How do you think things would have been different without the coalition? Because many people will say, well, actually there was no alternative. We needed to have a stable government. This was the best one we could have. For me, the Conservative, the courts are, is an ideological court, in my view. They could do the courts in a slow pace and also help to bring growth. What is important about court is to stimulate the economy by bringing growth. But that is not happening. So for me, it's an ideology. It is not essential at all as far as we are concerned. So it's not helping the economy and it's not helping the poor people. You've been quite scathing about the Conservatives. You've not mentioned the Liberal Democrats at all. Uh, why is that? Do they not matter here? Well, as far as we are concerned, they have reneged on their promises. The clerk and the executive are to be blamed as to what is happening within the government. And the people are not happy. And we sympathise and empathise with our colleagues in the Liberal Democrat grassroots who are not very, very happy. And we welcome them because we believe that we have a vision, we, 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 we think alike, and together we can succeed in making this country a better place to live. So that's how they view one year of the coalition here in Cameron country. But up north, Martin Wainwright's been in Sheffield Hallam to see what they're saying there. Thanks, Hugh. Unlike Whitney, uh, Sheffield is a big, gritty place, a place where Labour has made huge inroads in the last decade uh, into the traditional Labour vote. Hallam, however, is the posh end of the city, the leafy end of the city. It's an area that Nick Clegg and the Liberals in Sheffield have gradually prized away from the Conservatives, who always kept this part of Sheffield during the Labour years. I'm just going to see if I can find some people to talk to on the streets and get an idea of their take on the coalition one year on. I'm just popping to the rising sun and see if there's anybody here who would have a word. He seems to have gone, your local MP, from being flavour of the month to the exact opposite very quickly. I mean, I don't know if that's right. Yeah, I would say that's accurate. Mm. Is, is, is that fair or are we just being a bit fickle, you know, that we, we, in another year's time might he be flavour of the month again, do you think? No, I think he's a lying bastard and he's got his comeuppance. Do you, this, the thing about lying... Is, is, I mean, he, was, he was on the radio today and they're defending themselves by saying you know, when they made all the promises that was based on them being in, actually in power as the Liberals and of course they're not in power as the Liberals they're in power as a coalition I mean they have to make compromises does that argument carry any weight at all with you? No I wouldn't carry it, the compromises ought to be made not on their main promises they ought to be made on 
things that can be more generally agreed. If it's a coalition, it has to be generally agreed. If you've got fundamental principles, then they're unalterable. Have you had personal experience of the cuts at all, or do you know anybody who has? Uh, I know quite a lot of people who uh, have lost their jobs. I mean, obviously, I don't think we've really felt the effects of it yet, and I think next year will be worse than this year, and that the resentment will grow. I would be interested to know whether the, uh, the current coalition government would be prepared to fight the next election on the basis of a coalition rather than on an individual party basis. Something more of a compromise rather than ideological politics. I don't know. I think it's been quite interesting to see what, what happened. I mean, when it all started, you got no idea how a coalition was going to work. I've never seen one in my lifetime, I don't think. No, any and uh, So it's been fascinating to, to watch. And it seems the Lib Dems have come out of it quite badly. Um, Conservatives probably come out of it rather better. I mean, I think the big thing for the, for the Lib Dems has been the whole tuition fees thing, where they seem to have taken the bulk of the blame. I've got a couple of nieces who are coming up to university age who've been absolutely incensed by what the uh, Lib Dems have done. Not a mention of the Conservatives, they almost expect it from the Conservatives. I think it, it, it upset far too many people, and uh, I think they're going to really struggle in the uh, younger younger age bracket to, uh, to get that back. I think they've, they've trashed themselves for a generation there. I don't think I really agree with the coalition as it is. I don't think it works. I don't think it served the purpose that they pretended that they were going to use it for. The, I think Nick Clegg's got the brunt of that for some yes. reason. You know, every politician makes promises and doesn't deliver, but he seems to have, maybe because he, he went for the young people and they take it more personally, whereas people think, well, most people think that's what politicians do. The young students were kind of like... Get all, got all riled up and then we're completely flattened. I wouldn't say that generally, but I don't think that you know young people are as geared up as they are in America towards politics, but there has seemed to be a massive backlash towards him. So I've just come to Nick Clegg's constituency office to see um, Councillor Andrew Sanger. Just here we are. Andrew Sanger. Yes. Lovely to see you. Thanks for sparing the nice time. Nice to meet you, Matt. I emphasise councillor because you still are a councillor. <laughs> so well done. You, you got back last week, but the results overall in Sheffield were not good for the Lib Dems. What, what's your feeling about this difficult time you're going through? Well, I think when we entered the coalition 12 months ago, um, we always knew it was a, a five-year coalition and we always knew that there were going to be some tough decisions. First of all, the, the driving force of the coalition partly the way the numbers fell in terms of MPCs, but also the, the need to tackle the deficit, the need to uh, sort out the problems of the economy. So we knew that there were going to be some tough decisions in terms of public sector spending. Have you made enough of your achievements? Um, something like 65% of the manifestos got through so far, more than the Tory manifesto, apparently. Maybe that message hasn't gone through loud and clear? Well, I think there have clearly been lots of achievements but some of those achievements are on some of the shared agendas so some of the getting rid of the the authoritarianism of the previous Labour government which was shared by Liberal Democrats and Conservatives um, for example getting rid of the, the ID cards um, scrapping the third runway uh, at Heathrow so many of the achievements were, were joint joint achievements very very pleased of things like the the pupil premium uh, coming in um, but the problem has been that the scale of the 
challenge on public sector spending has sort of overwhelmed that. And then we've had some difficult issues to deal with. And I think the, the two that has been very clear on the doorstep were, was the, the issue of tuition fees, where we clearly haven't got uh, the policy across. Uh, and partly because it's not our policy. Um, it's very much uh, a compromise policy. And so we have struggled to to be very clear where we want to go on, on higher education funding. The, the other challenge in terms of particularly the NHS reform, where the position the coalition government's taken has not necessarily been the position that many of our voters want us to have. So that's been certainly been a challenge. And lastly, do you think it's a bit of a myth in democracy that people say, oh, you know, the voters ultimately respect people who do unpopular things? I often wonder from what I've seen of politics, so the voters actually never support unpopular things, only with hindsight. Will you get enough time for, for that to happen? I think it, it depends on the circumstances, and I think it's all about time. And if the economy starts to recover, then I think many people will say the Liberal Democrats were very brave in forming a coalition, are capable of being a party of government and not just a party of opposition or a party of local government. And as more Liberal Democrat policies are enacted by the government, people see the benefit of Liberal Democrats in government. Councillor Andrew Sanger talking to Martin Wainwright. And Martin joins me here in the studio now. Uh, I'm also joined by Harry Phibbs of the website Conservative Home and Mark Pack of Liberal Democrat Voice. And Harry, let me start with you. You have 81 more councillors now than you did before the election, which is extraordinary, really, given the events of the past year. The best of times, aren't they? Well, I thought it, I thought it was extraordinary. What I was expecting was that the projections of the... Uh, from Rawlings and Thrasher, for example, the Conservatives losing a 1,000 seats would probably be wrong because I thought that although they, they might lose seats on that sort of scale to Labour, that, that, that they'd maybe pick up 500 seats from the Lib Dems, they may be 500 down, and that that would have been a pretty impressive result. They said, look, we've only lost 500 seats. But I, I didn't imagine for a moment that they'd be making net gains, which completely defies gravity and, and is, is absolutely extraordinary. You're but, a councillor too. What, what, what happened on the ground? How did this Well, I, I, in Hammersmith and Fulham in London, we didn't have the elections, but I took a pretty keen interest in Windsor and Maidenhead in particular, where apart from uh, us in Hammersmith and Fulham, they've actually been pretty radical and done things like cutting the council tax. And rather than waiting to be pushed into being transparent on their spending, they were, they were pioneering it and they've been pro-free schools and they've generally been quite a radical council and they made some big gains from the Lib Dems whereas there were other conservatives who, who did less well and I think I think deservedly so places like Birmingham where the, where the conservatives um, lost some seats so rather so I think there are there are some differences in how the councils performed according to local circumstances we're not just complete automata who just fit into this national model that there is some evidence that what people do locally makes a difference. Mark Pack let me come to you Uh, you're 748 councillors down worst of times for you isn't it? Certainly the almost the mirror image I think of the Conservative Party results in that the results were much worse than many Liberal Democrats were were hoping they would be but also actually not quite so bad as for example the Times and the Sun and so on had been predicting. I mean losing 700 or so seats is not a good result though when previous predictions are a that you might lose a thousand seats. It's not quite so dreadful as, as it might have been. But you're back to where you were in eighty three, I think you wrote. Uh, well nineteen ninety three. And and I I think how people view that, I said slightly tongue in cheek, probably depends on how old you are. I think the older <laughs> you are, the less less bad it seems to be back to the early nineties. I mean what is clear, as Harry said, is there's a huge variety of results around the country. And in some ways that's quite good because it is people judging local councils on that council's performance and that's the way you get 
could run councils in the end is if it's the council's performance that affects whether or not the ruling party gets back in it or not. And I think one of the reasons Liberal Democrats have been disappointed by the results, but relatively sanguine about the the political fallout is that there have been quite a few places with Liberal Democrat MPs where the results were a lot better. Places such as Eastbourne, places such as Eastleigh, places such as Bath. And so a lot of Liberal Democrat MPs know that as long as they carry on doing the really hard work locally, it is possible to buck the national trend like they have done in previous elections. Martin Wainwright, uh, is it different up north? Well, I was just going to echo what Mark said, because in any sort of despairing Liberal Democrat should move to the Lake District, because they're still in power there, and that's Tim Farron's seat. So it bears out exactly what you said. They, they held on in South Lakeland and the 51 Liberal Democrat councillors there. I think the situation has been exaggerated up north, because our profession is very excitable and wants to have a great no. show. <laughs> well, you know, we like earthquakes, we like shifts, and... Yes, it was very bad indeed. And if it was a situation, I remember when I was young, the Greater London Councillor used to elect every single seat on the same day. Well, there would be no Liberals if that was the case, but it's only a third. So like in Sheffield, there's 32 Liberal councillors. There's large numbers in Newcastle, Liverpool, all these other places that have been talked of as if there'd been a wipeout. Hull is another one, still over 20 Liberal councillors in Hull. To somebody of my age, which is 61, those are big figures. And I think you need to remember with the Liberal Democrats, and especially perhaps with the Liberal side of the Liberal Democrats, that these are people who are used to slogging on and are used to disappointment. They're not a delicate flower that will be blasted by one frost. Mm. And the impression I got in Sheffield, the ones I spoke to, was great disappointment and not trying to hide the defeat, but a resilience, which the Conservative Party and the Labour Party also share, to realise that you know there's one way to go now and that's up. Harry Phibbs, you wrote about the elections in their aftermath, I think, in the Daily Mail, and you said that the Lib Dems often come across uh, as grumbling passengers on the journey that began a year ago. They need to help with driving. As a grassroots Tory, do you see any role for the Liberal Democrats other than to keep the government going? My prediction is that the coalition will will last the course because I don't think it's in the interests of the Lib Dems to have an early general election. They could act as a as, as a break and be negative and say, look, you know, we're going to try and slow down the government. And, and on some of the some of the things like um, elected police commissioners and, and free schools that, that, they've, that they've signed up to in, in the coalition agreement, they might try and make difficulties for over over some of the details and, you know, and act, act, as I say, as a bit of a break on things and say, look, that shows that they're, that they're important, that they're making a difference. What I, I would obviously prefer would be if they were looking in a more positive way of what things that they want that the Conservatives would be willing to, to go along with. One example would be getting the low paid out of tax, where I, I think that if, if they were to come up with ideas of going further, maybe coming up with some of their own spending cuts, like the Export Credit Guarantee Department. I mean, Vince Cable, before the election, wanted to close down the business department, so maybe say, well, let's find some spending cuts on industrial subsidies and, and do more on getting the low paid out of tax. I mean, something like that, to, 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 to me, as a Conservative, I, I wouldn't have a problem with. Or they could say we should go further on localism or, for example, um, have an elected House of Lords. But I mean, this week we had a by-election where an earl rather impertinently defeated a duke uh, in a in a by-election for a crossbench hereditary peer. 21st and that, century and that Britain, the, huh? And that was the settlement, <laughs> that was a settlement from the Blairite modernisers. And I think if the, if the Liberal Democrats might feel rather strongly about constitutional matters and wanted to have elected House of Lords, I don't think they'd get that much pushback from the, from the Conservatives. That's a marvellous cameo of 21st century Britain. <laughs> <laughs> Even more ironically, the election was carried out by the alternative vote. So uh, there are some corners of, of the British Parliament where the alternative but vote Mark, is being But Mark, Harry wants <laughs> harmony. At a community level, the Liberal Democrats need some rows, don't they? Because you need to differentiate yourself. 
I think one of the lessons from Thursday certainly is that there needs to be greater clarity in in public about where there are issues that Liberal Democrats and Conservatives disagree on. I don't think that necessarily need to cause undue strains in the coalition, though, partly because we've seen under you know Blair and Brown, I mean, in many ways, Labour was a much more raucous, nasty, personal backbiting type coalition than what we see between Conservatives and Liberal Democrats, but also because on a lot of issues there are Conservatives who agree with Liberal Democrats. It isn't always exactly the same group of people on on each issue, but if you take the success in many ways Vince Cable had on modifying Conservative plans for immigration and having more visas available for overseas students and for skilled staff that companies want to bring bring to this country. In those internal battles in the government, there were quite a few Conservatives who were arguing the same case as he was. And so I think one of the reasons the coalition is very likely to last the full term is that it's not simply a matter of Conservative versus Liberal Democrat all the time in these debates. It's a much more shifting, complex set of alliances and disagreements within Ma- the government. Martin, we saw um, Nick Clegg and David Cameron <coughs> in Stratford yesterday, showing their their, their post-election unity. Mm. Um, But are you seeing much sign of the coalition working on the ground in terms of the uh, Tories and Liberal Democrats working together on councils? Yes, I I think reluctantly, uh, because, you know, once it comes to an election, everybody has to be enemies again. I take Harry's point very much about the House of Lords. What a shame that they didn't go for that rather than AV, because, uh, and let's hope they do. We can have a referendum. (laughs) (laughs) maybe we've had enough of those we've had enough referenda (laughs) I I think one thing that really struck me in Sheffield and it wasn't something actually when I spoke to there aren't very many conservatives um, in Sheffield but ones I did manage to track down they they shared in this was that that what really clobbered the Lib Dems was the the fees you know the student fees and it was interesting talking to Andrew Sanger who who feels deeply as a matter of principle that we shouldn't be charging these huge fees and would much rather go for a Scottish model and in a sense, you know, I was going to say everyone understands, but they, they obviously don't. But I think people who think about it understand how the Lib Dems got into that fix. But part of you feels like saying, well, you know, you'd discussed this, you'd, you'd worked out a, a policy before the election that didn't involve fees. Why don't you readdress that and be brave and go back and say, you know, sorry, we got this wrong. Let's try to persuade the Conservatives to bring down the whole fee thing and see if we can go to a much more widely used model in the rest of Europe of, of higher education actually not necessarily being free, but costing much less. If you talk to young people who the Liberal Democrats wooed specifically and who bought this idea of a new politics, they have been so disillusioned. And I think that's the only way you'll win them back. Mark Pack, what can the, the leadership of Liberal Democrats do to raise morale? Because it must be terribly low. I think there are two almost slightly contradictory things. One is to push on with issues like reforming the House of Lords, because those are really important to Liberal Democrat activists. Political reform is the reason many people join the Liberal Democrats. But also we have to recognise that overall political reform is not the top of the public's agenda. So that has got to be combined with an emphasis on some of the issues that are nearer the top of the public's agenda. In particular, over the next few months, seeing what happens with the NHS white paper is going to be central, I think, both to the popularity of the coalition and also the popularity of the Liberal Democrats. Is that more clever politics? Because Nick Clegg, uh, I think, was saying uh, uh, sometimes the issues that are very important aren't necessarily the ones that are very popular. It's one of the tensions, one of the balancing acts that politicians have to sort of carry out all the time. It's partly how much do you show leadership in terms of saying to the public, this is what we think is important, and how much do you say to the public, OK, it's a democracy, you get to choose what's important. You have to find the right balance between those two approaches. Harry, what's going to happen next? Uh, I'm particularly interested in things like concepts like the big society. Do you think in the second year they're going to bother with that or do you think it's going to quietly uh, slide away from the public consciousness? Do you think they'll go on to things that actually do connect with the public? Well, I think it's strange, actually, how the, the way how the phrase big society has 
has taken off and um, has has entered popular joke. popular consciousness. <laughs> Partly people use it in a jokey way, but I think also people talk about it quite seriously. And some people, but as a guiding philosophy. Well, I think it'll be judged. I mean, I think to some extent these things will be judged by results. And for example, the government saying they want more special constables. So that's quite a challenge, isn't it, in big society terms, to say we want you to go unpaid, put on a police uniform, and go out on a Saturday night arrest sort of violent troublemakers. Uh, I would have thought that was one of the more challenging big society invitations. And we'll be able to judge whether that. Uh, you know, I think I think it might it, it might be a damp script. They might find that they don't get a, a big increase in the number of special constables, but they'll be able to be judged by results. I've heard from you, Harry, that you think it's going to last a full term. And Mark, I think your view as well was that we will probably Very like to last the full five together years, for the yeah. full term. Uh, Martin, are you a betting man? Yes. No, I'd bet on them lasting. And I think the, the whole Clegg and Cameron approach of, you know, this is a, a discussive type of politics, not a bam slam type of politics. Time is their great ally. Also, we've hardly mentioned Labour at all. And I mean, I'm going to be very, very interested to see what the Labour administration does in Sheffield. They're so tightly boxed in, you know, and their, their campaign at the local election was completely a negative one. It's down to them now, and, and it's just going to be very interesting to see come next May how people judge what... Well, they couldn't be any more left-wing than the Lib Dem council in Sheffield, which had the highest <laughs> council tax for Yorkshire or something, so I, I don't know quite what socialism will make, make a difference to Sheffield. But, well, well, I don't think... I mean, they're stuck with the Lib Dem budget as well. There's not going to be a golden age and a new dawn in Sheffield straight away. Harry, when you work out what Labour should do in Sheffield, you can perhaps let them know. I will. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the first year of coalition rule in 21st century Britain. Some like it, some don't, but I think we can all agree on one one thing, you don't often hear people saying that politics is boring. Thanks to my guests, Harry Fibbs of Conservative Home, Mark Pack of Liberal Democrat Voice and our own Martin Wainwright. I'm Hugh Muir, the producer of this Guardian Focus podcast was Ian Chambers. Thank you for listening and goodbye. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.